0: You're listening to Beyond the Plate with Andrew Kaplan. This sounds so weird. You're listening to Beyond the Plate with Cappy. Hey everyone, this is Cappy, and you're listening to Just the Plate, a production of Beyond the Plate. Just the Plate is a short segment where chefs describe a recipe, sharing insider tips and tricks on what makes this their favorite dish. Last week, you heard from Alice Waters. Alice is a chef, author, food activist, and the founder and owner of Chez Panisse Restaurant in Berkeley, California. She also has the Edible Schoolyard, an incredible nonprofit organization. If you missed last week's episode with this food icon, please be sure to check that out. So last week when I asked Alice to name an item from the Chez Panisse menu over the past 40 plus years they've been open that she is the most proud of, she said it would be her mesclun salad with baked goat cheese. So today you're going to hear from Me talking through this recipe of Alice's. It's one of the only dishes that has remained on the menu at Chez Panisse in some form or capacity for over 40 years. Alice actually gave me her recipe. You'll see tons of versions online, but this is the recipe. I'll stop talking, but this is just the plate. All right, everyone, I literally just finished making and eating Alice Waters' Mezclin Salad with Baked Goat Cheese. And I wasn't quite sure what to think about it. I mean, I knew it would be good, but at the same time, it's very simple. And you'll see that in the recipe. And just so you know, I'm posting this recipe to the Beyond the Plate website. So if you go to beyondtheplatepodcast.com, you could get this recipe from Alice herself. And I've seen a ton of variations as we mentioned, but knowing this is the one was quite comforting. I started it earlier in the day because I saw there was a part in it that said to let the goat cheese marinate for several hours or up to a week. So what I did is, I'm not gonna go through this whole recipe and read it, so basically there's a couple of components. There's this marinated goat cheese component, and then there's a dressing component. And she uses mescaline greens or mixed greens. But if you like romaine or anything like that, feel free to, to, to use that. I think there's reasons why she uses certain ingredients. So I wanted to follow it to a T. But as a trained chef and any chef will know, I'm a big proponent of using a recipe as a guide. So if you like this goat cheese to use for another salad, go ahead and do it. If you like the dressing, go ahead and do it. It's a really interesting technique, one that I've never really done. But again, I'm not gonna go through the recipe with all the ingredients and amounts. I'm basically gonna talk about how it went down. So I bought a log of goat cheese like you would see in a grocery store. And I cut it into, as the recipe does say, about half inch circles. I wasn't sure, I know goat cheese is kind of temperamental and slicing it isn't that easy, it could crumble. So I actually stuffed it in the freezer for about 10, 15 minutes to try and firm it up like you would do meat if you wanted to cut it easier for a stir fry or something. But what happened, I took it out and it cut okay. I tried a couple different things. I used a knife and I cut it just regular with a knife and then I dipped a knife in hot water like you would do when you're cutting a birthday cake. And I also used dental floss because I've heard that a good tip for cutting goat cheese for a nice clean cut, is dental floss. So I did that just like you would floss. I wrapped it around my two index fingers and kind of stood over it and then pushed the tightened floss down with my thumbs. And it worked really well. All of them kind of worked. It's really whatever you feel the most comfortable with. So when I did the slices, I laid them in a pie dish, which you'll see on the Beyond the Plate podcast website. I'll post some random photos that I took throughout. So I put, laid them in a pie dish, but any casserole dish or shallow dish would work a brownie pan like an eight by eight brownie pan or nine by nine brownie pan that would work too so what you do is you take like a cup of olive oil extra virgin olive oil and dump it over this goat cheese you lay it you lay all the slices in an even layer in the pan and then dump the extra virgin olive oil over the top you want it To be covered Mine like barely covered So there's two things I want to tell you I actually took a fork And kind of lifted the slices a little bit Just to make sure the olive oil got underneath it You sprinkle some herbs on top You sprinkle some chopped up rosemary And chopped up thyme amounts are in the recipe Fresh herbs And then I put I covered it and put it in the refrigerator And let it sit for at least a few hours And then when I took it out I noticed that It wasn't like completely submerged So I just gently with a fork and my other hand gave it a flip to make sure the olive oil was fully coated. But the next step of that process, while the goat cheese is sitting, you make breadcrumbs. She uses a sour baguette, which I guess is like a sourdough baguette. And I know she's a huge fan of Acme bread out of Berkeley and they're in San Francisco. I bought a La Brea Bakery baguette and I cut it in half and she says to use a day old baguette. Mine was pretty fresh. I cut it in half down the middle so to use half of a baguette, but then I slice that in half like you're making a sandwich and you you put it in an oven. The temperatures are in the recipe. I think it was 300 degrees. You put in oven for like 20 minutes just to dry it out. So you're drying it out so it's not moist and you can make your own breadcrumbs. I took it out of the oven and I let it cool down a little bit till it was cool to the touch. And then I broke it up into chunks. And she actually has an interesting part of the recipe where she says you could grate it on a box grater into fine crumbs. I've never done that. I actually still want to try it, but I didn't because she also gives an option of using a food processor. I'm a huge fan of a Vitamix blend blender so I used a Vitamix to make my breadcrumbs. Yes they're expensive. If you have one you know how great they are and I always say it's the best investment you can make in your kitchen. Again I'm fully mindful they're very expensive. Anyhow I made my breadcrumbs, pulsed the blender until they got going and then Uh, made them into a fine crumb, and then I set those aside in a container because you could keep those for a little while. Fresh breadcrumbs are actually really delicious. I don't make them that often, but they're actually very delicious. And set those aside. So now you have your cheese. It's been sitting for a few hours or a few days or a week. You take it out, and you kind of just lift it out of the olive oil and roll it around, like gently coat it with the breadcrumbs, and the olive oil is making it stick uh, making the breadcrumb stick, which is really nice. And then I lined a small baking sheet, like a cookie sheet, a small one with foil. And I gave it just a little light spray of cooking spray just so there was no stick factor. And uh, a little tip, what I do is I take like a teaspoon of breadcrumbs, if I'm ever breading something, and I put it on the cookie sheet and then laid the cheese on there just for a little extra breadcrumb if I missed a spot, you know, that's facing down. You put the cheese, wait till the last minute because you kind of want this cheese hot when you make the salad. So I put the cheese in the oven. Um, I think it's around 400 for six minutes. It says I usually go a minute or two early just to, you know, set my timer just to check it. Didn't need the full six minutes. I actually made a second batch and did it about six and a half, seven. You don't want the cheese to melt, but you just want it to be soft. Right when the cheese is done, it could sit for a second just to You don't want it to cool. You still want it to be hot, but um, there's a dressing. She makes a pretty basic vinaigrette. She uses red wine vinegar and sherry vinegar, salt, some more extra virgin olive oil. And there she gives an option to use walnut oil instead of extra virgin olive oil. I thought I had some. I didn't, so I went all extra virgin olive oil. But you could use one or the other or a combination. Next time, I would love to try a combination. Actually, walnut oil is really nice and fragrant. And then you use your mixed greens. And Alice Waters... I feel like she under dresses her greens a little bit in a positive way because she wants to highlight the flavor of the greens. So gently toss the greens. Don't bash them with the tongs or your hand and douse them with dressing so they're all soggy. Drizzle a little bit of the vinaigrette on it. Gently toss it with your hands or a utensil till they're just coated. you want them just coated? And pass more vinaigrette at the table if you want. And then I put a nice little handful, I use shallow bowls because I like them, but put it on a salad plate or shallow bowl or regular plate in the middle and then use a fish spatula, which is that really thin kind of diagonally shaped spatula or a thin utensil to lift it off of the baking sheet. It's very delicate, but it may break, but don't worry. Just kind of be confident and just... Shove the spatula under there and lay two pieces, about two pieces per per salad, and that's it. It's really simple. It's really delicious. I used to work in a kitchen where we did a, a gochi salad, but it was like a breaded, like a standard breading procedure breaded fried goat cheese piece and don't get me wrong it was delicious but this kind of gave the same flavor profile it was that tangy goat cheese with the crispy breadcrumbs these breadcrumbs don't get like super dark golden brown and that's okay you can toast them if you want I, I think that's actually a pretty good idea I didn't but they get a tiny bit of color in the toaster but that's all it needs and it was really delicious and it's a great meal in and of itself but back to where I started, I wasn't sure being the simplicity of this dish, how is this gonna be for a full dinner? My wife and I ate it for dinner and I added a couple components. So I'm gonna share those with you now. One of them I added was roasted. Acorn squash, and I did that because I was drawing some inspiration from Alice in her podcast last week. When I asked her a great organic piece of produce, you know, for someone on a budget to buy, and she said squash. So I actually bought a piece of organic squash. I cut it in half. I scooped out the seeds with a spoon, and then I made a little spice rub. You could do whatever you want. You could do salt and pepper. But I actually made a little rub using about a teaspoon each of kosher salt, a couple grounds of black pepper, ground coriander, ground cumin, granulated onion, granulated garlic. And I put like a quarter teaspoon of cinnamon because I like that fragrancy, if that's a word, that cinnamon gives. And I kind of mixed it around and made a dry spice rub. You can drizzle the acorn squash with olive oil. I actually sprayed it with cooking spray because does the same job. And then I sprinkled the rub all over. I put it on a baking sheet on foil. You could use foil. You could not. You could use parchment. You could use a nonstick baking sheet. There's no rules. Whatever you think works, you obviously just don't want it to stick. Um, And then I put it cut side down on a baking sheet and I roasted it in a 425 degree oven. It was pretty much done at about 25 minutes. I maybe have gone, would have gone a minute or two or few shorter, but that's it. I took it out of the toaster. I let it cool. You could eat the skin. There's tons of of nutrients in there. I actually treated it almost in a weird way. I've never done this, but I just did it on a whim, like avocado. And I took a spoon and just kind of like started scooping little rough pieces of it. And then I just placed them around the salad. So there are these rough pieces of acorn squash, which you'll see if you go to the website, you'll see a final photo of what that looked like. And then to gild the lily, my wife and I love a poached egg on any Thing. <laughs> on toast, on a sandwich, on a salad, on a pizza. So I made a poached egg and I know a lot of people have a problem making a poached egg and it takes practice, but it's not that hard. So basically I put water in a pot. Once it starts to simmer a little bit, I add about a tablespoon of vinegar, white vinegar, apple cider vinegar, some pretty like neutral vinegar, a nice fat pinch of salt. And then I turn it down to about medium, medium low because poaching, you actually don't want the water boiling. You want it like, you want to see those bubbles coming up through the water basically towards the bottom of the pot. I crack an egg into a little bowl or a little ramekin and then I take my slotted spoon and I kind of like create a slow tornado in the water and then I gently dump in the egg and let the tornado kind of form it and take it and then I quickly crack another egg and put it in the little bowl and then add that and you just want to give it a little nudge with a slotted spoon just to make sure it's not sticking to the bottom and if you want a good like runny yolk I'd say about three minutes if you have it at the right temperature. If it's boiling, it may be a little less than three. If it's not, figure about three minutes, but you could lift it up, lift the egg up with the slotted spoon and just kind of like poke at the yolk. If it's really soft, it's gonna run. If it's more firm, It's not going to run. So I lifted that out, and then I just gently placed the poached egg on top of the salad. So we had a beautiful salad with Alice Waters vinaigrette and her baked goat cheese, some roasted squash around there, and a poached egg, and it was fantastic. I hope you enjoy it. I'm a big fan of a good salad recipe. There's incredible salads out there. Get creative, have fun with it, and I really hope you enjoy this recipe. And again, um, the website is beyondtheplatepodcast.com, and I'll have Alice's original recipe, as well as pictures that I did along the way. Thank you. Find more on Alice Waters at Shapenice.com or EdibleSchoolYard.org. This episode was produced by Ian Cohen, Joe Yeaton, and myself. You can find me and keep up to date with this podcast across all social media platforms at On Cappy's Plate or go to BeyondThePlatePodcast.com please rate, review, and or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. It helps and it is greatly appreciated. And thank you for listening to Just the Plate, a production of Beyond the Plate. I'm Cappy.